What's up guys? Welcome to another episode of All Day MMA Radio. In this episode, I'm going to pretty much just do a UFC London recap and I'm going to talk uh, mostly about six fights including the main event. So stay tuned. Alright, the first fight I'm going to talk about, I believe it was the second fight on the card, I think. I might be off, might have been like the third. Doesn't really matter. It was the first female fight on the card, I do know that. And it was between Liverpool's own Molly McCann versus the Brazilian Priscilla Cochera, I believe is how you pronounce the name. That fight was bananas. It was crazy. From the first round to the third round, it ended up being a unanimous decision victory for Molly McCann. If you didn't see the fight, you didn't catch it, I would recommend going back and checking it out. And I know a lot of people aren't necessarily a fan of uh, the majority of women's MMA fights, but this one was one to watch. It was action-packed. You were on the edge of your seat the whole time. There was so much crazy stuff that happened during the fight. It is definitely worth a watch. Molly McCann, like I mentioned, ended up being victorious via unanimous decision. She won two rounds to one, but you gotta check this photo out that I'm about to post up here. That is what her eye looked like directly after the fight. I can't even imagine what it's looking like today. I'm sure the swelling got a lot worse. I think I've been watching MMA religiously for probably like 12, 12 years, 13 years, something like that. So, uh, I've seen my fair share of fights, I've seen my fair share of broken orbital bones, and that one I can confidently say is probably the worst I've ever seen. The whole, I mean, you guys saw the photo, just the whole side of her face pretty much. Just, man, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, it was crazy though, man. She's a scrapper. She, uh, I think she got, I don't know when that broken orbital happened. I can't remember if it was the second round or the third round. But she stuck with it, man. She kept bringing the pressure, kept bringing the aggression, and like I said, ended up winning a unanimous decision in front of her home crowd in London. So, that was a pretty good start to the card. After that, the next fight I'm going to talk about, I'm not going to cover every fight, obviously, because that would take way too long. But I'm going to talk about, like I mentioned, six of them, and they're my six favorites. So, number two that I'm going to talk about is Mark Diakisi versus Ireland's Joseph Duffy. Joseph Duffy was coming off a loss. Mark Diakisi was coming off of three consecutive losses. So he was definitely, without a doubt, feeling the pressure. A lot of the times in UFC, if you lose three fights in a row, you get cut. That's what happens to almost all the fighters unless uh, the UFC considers them very entertaining or sees a lot of potential in them or, you know, considers the fact that they may grow into a, a big star one day or generate you know enough revenue for the company to keep them around but four fights lost in a row that's pretty much a guaranteed fight so no doubt mark was feeling the pressure and he brought it to joseph duffy i was incredibly impressed with his performance i knew he had good striking but his grappling looked pretty legit in that fight too. And uh, Joseph Duffy himself is no slouch in the striking department. He has incredible boxing, but he could just not get inside Mark's range pretty much all fight. Mark picked him apart with kicks. He landed a ton of leg kicks that was busting Joseph Duffy up. I think by like the early second round, or maybe it was even the first round, 
Duffy was having a really hard time standing on his lead leg, so he had to switch stances because of that. And once he switched stances, that was pretty much all she wrote. You could tell he wasn't comfortable once he switched stances. He wasn't used to fighting out of that stance. And his uh, defense did not look too good. He wasn't throwing too much output. He wasn't throwing too many strikes because, once again, he just probably wasn't used to it. So uh, that changed the fight. But even before that, Mark was clearly winning. He was landing the better strikes. Um, if you've never seen the guy, he's a very fun guy to watch. His striking is, uh, he mixes it up really well. He has a lot of really flashy strikes, a lot of really flashy kicks, but he mixes the punches and the kicks very well. And they were very effective versus Joseph Duffy. Going into that fight, I thought Joseph Duffy would be a t little too much for him, especially considered, considering Mark was coming off three straight losses and Joseph Duffy was coming off a long layoff and a loss. So I thought... I thought he would actually get the better of the uh, striking exchanges, and I thought if grappling did come into play, I definitely thought um, Joseph Duffy would have the better grappling, but that did not prove to be the case at all. I don't know exactly how many takedowns he ended up landing in that fight, but he uh, definitely favored the body lock, and then he would either go with a trip or kind of a throw, and it was very effective in getting Joseph Duffy down. He didn't really do too much damage or threaten with any submissions once he got Duffy down. But Duffy has pretty legit grappling and he has pretty legit submissions. So I was very, very surprised and impressed that he got dominated in both the grappling and the striking. It was a very dominant performance for Mark Dikesi and it came at the perfect time for him. Now he's got a ton of momentum going forward. He looked great in that fight. So I'm excited to see what's next for him. I'm excited to see him step back into the octagon, hopefully sooner rather than later. Moving on to the next fight, which was in the featherweight division. It was England's own Arnold Allen, who happens to fight out of TriStar. If you're not familiar with TriStar and Fires Sahabi, he is or was the head trainer for GSP as well as Rory McDonald. So that, in my opinion, is one of the best MMA gyms in the entire country. And Arnold Allen looks like an extremely promising prospect. He's only 25 and he's 14 and 1 as a pro. He was fighting Jordan Rinaldi who fights out of, he's actually from Charlotte, North Carolina. He looked great in his last performance, in my opinion, especially with the wrestling. He fought Jason Knight and absolutely dominated him the entire fight. Took him down at will, did pretty much whatever he wanted on the ground. So I didn't know too much about Arnold Allen coming in. Once I saw that he was a uh, fighter out of TriStar and I saw his record, I knew Jordan had a tough test in front of him. And that is pretty much how the whole fight went. Jordan did not even come close, even though he has pretty good wrestling, he did not even come close to landing a takedown the entire fight. Arnold Allen pretty much kept out of Rinaldi's range the whole fight. He was a, a very elusive striker. He has really, really good foot movement, um, and he looked great. The only thing that kind of uh, frustrated me about the fight was the last 10 seconds of every round. When you heard the little slap to indicate that there's 10 seconds left in the round, he would blitz Rinaldi every single round and almost finished him every single round. So it was frustrating to see him do that. Once he blitzed him, he landed a ton of shots. I think he knocked down Rinaldi twice in two of those blitzes. So it's kind of frustrating to see that he could do that seemingly whenever he wanted, but he never, he never took that chance during you know, the rest of the round, when I feel like he probably 
if he had success like that, he probably could have ended the fight whenever he wanted to. So uh, that was a bit frustrating, but at the same time, it was good to see him fight a full three rounds because I wasn't familiar with him, and now I know he's definitely a good prospect and a young one to watch and keep an eye on. If you didn't check that fight out and you're not familiar with Arnold Allen, I definitely recommend it. It wasn't the most entertaining, but you'll understand what I'm talking about when I say he's an extremely good, or he looks like an extremely talented up-and-coming fighter to keep an eye on. Moving on to a fight that I was really, really, really looking forward to, which was Volkan Uzdemir versus Dominic Reyes. I'm going to be honest, I'm a Reyes fan, so I might be a little biased in uh, the fact that I was definitely cheering for Dominic to win, mostly because he's younger, he's undefeated, he was 10-0, I believe, going into that fight, and I really thought maybe like a year or so down the road, he might actually be a good challenge for John Jones. Uh, his last performance against OSP, he absolutely destroyed OSP. Pretty much finished him at the end of the fight. He landed, uh, I think it was like an overhand right or a straight right with like three seconds left, which knocked OSP out. But the ref ruled that the round had ended before OSP was technically KO'd. So ultimately, he won a unanimous decision. But if you watch the fight, Dominating a fighter like OSP is very impressive. OSP is a good fighter, no slouch himself. So that impre- that uh, performance left a really good impress- impression on me. The Volcan fight, unfortunately, was definitely not quite as exciting as I thought it would be. It was still a decent fight. Um, I think one thing that really hindered Dominic Ray's performance was what they or the commentator speculated to be a broken nose that I believe he suffered... I think early in the second round, you could kind of, it was very noticeable that after that happened, his cardio slowed down a ton. He wasn't throwing as many strikes. He was breathing with his mouth wide open for the rest of the fight. In the past, I don't think, at least fights that I've seen, Dominic's cardio hasn't really been an issue, especially especially in three round fights. There wasn't too much grappling at all in that fight. It was mostly just strikes. So I think the uh, broken nose really hindered his performance slowed down his cardio, and made him look quite a bit worse than he was in the OSP fight. But I'm not, not trying to make any excuses for the guy. Uh, Volkan did a really good job with his striking. I thought my prediction going into the fight was that Dominic, although I think Volkan has the better hands, I think uh, Dominic's striking arsenal as a whole is a lot better. I think he has a lot more tools. He has a lot better kicks. He's knocked out a couple guys in the past with head kicks. I think he just mixes up his strikes a lot better. He has really good distance management. So I thought he would put on not quite as impressive of a performance as he did against OSP. But I thought it would still be a really good performance. I didn't necessarily think he would dominate Vulcan because Vulcan's a really good fighter. But I did think he would get a comfortable victory, possibly even a TKO in the third round. That is not how it went down, though. Like I said, I think the broken nose was a big factor. But honestly, Volkan, he looked pretty good. He outstruck. The, all the rounds were really even, in my opinion. I think, like, the fight metrics, as far as strikes thrown, I think they were very similar between the two. I think Volkan might have had a little bit of higher output. Uh, but honestly, to me, his fu- his face looked quite a bit more busted up than Dominic's did at the end of the fight, aside from his nose. So it was a hard fight to uh, decide who the winner was. It was, ended up being a split decision. Dominic Reyes did end up winning. 
But honestly, even though I'm a Dominic fan, I saw the fight two rounds to one going Volkan's way. So uh, you got to feel bad for Uzdemir. That's three losses in a row for him. And this one was very controversial. A lot of people, the majority of people I would say, feel that he won the fight. At least when I'm looking at the MMA forums or I looked at a lot of uh, MMA sites and saw how they scored the fight. A lot of people scored it 2-1 to one for Volkan, so uh, that's a tough loss. As a Dom fan, I'm happy because he's still undefeated. He's 11-0 now, but like I said, you got to feel sorry for uh, or feel bad for Volkan. That's a tough way to get your third loss in a row, especially when it was super controversial. As a whole, um, the fight was all right. Like I mentioned, it wasn't nearly as exciting as I thought it would, as I thought it would be. I thought eventually Volkan would get tired, and that's why I said earlier that I thought uh, Dominic had a chance to finish him in the third round, because that's kind of how Volkan's last fight against Anthony Smith went. He pretty comfortably won the first two rounds. He was outstriking Anthony Smith. He was landing the better shots, and then he got tired. His cardio went downhill. He got taken down in the third round, and he got submitted. So I kind of thought it would go a little bit of the same way. Dominic's a pretty good wrestler, so I thought if anything he would get a couple takedowns if he wanted them and I thought he would get the better of the ground game but uh it ultimately ended up being a stand-up fight and not really that entertaining of a stand-up fight I thought it'd be fireworks I thought it'd be extremely exciting but uh didn't play out that way and sometimes that's how it goes either way uh close fight feel bad for Volcan, but you know it is what it is I'm still looking forward to both of their next performances Hopefully Volkan doesn't get cut for this because a lot of times in the UFC when fighters lose three fights in a row They get cut. That's the majority of the time. That's what happens I don't think that will happen because Volkan's ranked and uh, this loss like I keep saying was a really controversial one That I'd imagine even Dana White probably thought Volkan won so uh, I doubt he'll get cut, but that's still a tough pill to swallow. No doubt. Anyways uh, I'm still looking forward to both fighters next performances I think even though Dominic didn't look how I thought he would in this fight, like I keep saying, I think the broken nose really slowed him down, and I think he'll look a lot better in his next fight, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. Moving right along to fight number five, or at least the fifth fight that I'm talking about, and that was the co-main event between Leon Edwards and Gunnar Nelson. Now, I myself, once again, am a little biased with this one because I'm a Gunnar Nelson fan, much more so than a Leon Edwards fan. Mostly probably because I'm more familiar with Gunnar. I've seen a lot more of his fights. I love watching his grappling. And uh, I've only seen, I think the only Leon Edwards fight, honestly, I saw was his last fight against Cowboy, which he comfortably won a decision. He comfortably outstruck Cowboy. But it was not nearly as dominant of a performance as uh, when... Darren Till just pretty much destroyed Cowboy, and Jorge Masvidal destroyed him as well. So not nearly as impressive as those performances, but uh, Cowboy's still a tough fighter to look good against, so you can't dock him too much for that. He still, like I said, won a comfortable, unanimous decision. Anyways, going into the fight, this is how I predicted it. I thought Leon Edwards would have the better striking. Um, Gunner's a really elusive striker, so he's hard to hit for sure. He has been knocked out, but that was by Santiago Ponzinibbio, who uh, is a hard striker. The dude hits hard, so he caught Gunner, he went down, and uh, it is what it is. Sometimes that happens. 
Gunner's most recent fight was also a little bit of a rough one, especially in the beginning. He fought Cowboy Oliveira, and Cowboy was definitely getting the better of him. He was beating Gunner up for most of the fight until Gunner eventually got a takedown. He got top he got top position, and he threw one of the most devastating elbows I think I've ever seen. It opened up a huge cut on Cowboy, and I believe Cowboy tapped right after that, or he verbally submitted. So, uh... It was a really impressive performance in that regard of how quick, once he got the takedown, how quick he finished him. I thought this fight would kind of go the same way, honestly. I didn't think uh, Leon Edwards had the best grappling or the best takedown defense in the world. And Gunner has pretty good takedowns. He's got really good grappling. And he has a crazy good top game and really good submissions. So uh, I thought when the fight was... Uh, standing, especially at the beginning of the rounds. Like I said, I thought Leon Edwards would get the better of him on the feet, but I didn't think it'd be like by a huge margin or anything. I thought he would land more strikes, maybe land the more powerful ones, but not enough to finish the fight. I thought eventually Gunner would get the takedown. He would easily move to uh, mount and either get the finish via TKO or a pretty quick submission. That's how I saw it going down, and that's not how it went down though. What ended up happening is the first round was pretty close as far as strikes go. I think Leon threw more strikes. At the very beginning of the first round, Gunnar Nelson landed a takedown against the cage relatively quickly. Leon surprisingly got right back up. And then uh, a couple seconds later, Gunnar Nelson took him down again. And then within like 20 seconds or so, Leon was once he got right up once again. So... I was impressed with how quick he stood up because a lot of people, when they fight Gunner and Gunner takes them down, they're not getting up. So once I saw Gunner get that first takedown, I was like, all right, this is going to be a quick fight. He's about to, uh, he's going to get top position. He's going to move to mount and he's going to get submission. I thought it was game over for Leon Edwards from that point. But once he got up, I was like, okay. Did not see that coming. And then the rest of the first round, like I said, was uh, not too exciting. But Leon Edwards, in my opinion, outstruck him. So uh, I would have gave. It was a close round because of the takedowns. But if I had to choose, I'd probably give the first round to Leon Edwards. The second round came around, and uh, that was much different. Gunnar Nelson went for a couple takedowns. He didn't come very close to getting any of them, from what I remember. And the reason why, in my opinion, is because he's very predictable in the way he shoots for his takedowns. He has like a karate elusive style, so he's always bouncing around. And then his entry for takedowns is pretty much the exact same every single time. Leon Edwards picked up on that. He adjusted to that. And because of that, Gunner had a really hard take time taking him down. Gunner's entries for takedowns is pretty much this. He bounces around, he sees an opening, he throws his uh, straight right, and then immediately he goes for the body lock. Usually ends up being against the cage. Usually he does get a takedown. But he kept going for that same takedown with that same entry over and over and over again. And like I said, Leon Edwards picked up on it, adjusted really well, and Gunner did not take him down in the second round. I think he kind of wore himself out going for all his takedowns as well. And Leon Edwards comfortably outstruck him that round. And near the end of the round with maybe, I don't know, like 20 seconds left, Leon Edwards landed a really hard strike. I don't, know, I don't remember if it was a hook or an overhand right. 
he dropped Gunner. Then he, I don't know, I can't remember if he mounted him or he, he was in Gunner's guard, but he was landing some devastating ground and pound. And at one point, to me, it honestly looked like Gunner Nelson got knocked out. He was defending, he was trying to defend the strikes for a while with a, by blocking one of Leon's hands, but his other hand was doing absolutely nothing. And he just kept taking hard shot after hard shot after hard shot, and he was not blocking them at all from that side. And like I said, at one point, it looked like one of the strikes that landed completely knocked him out. I thought I saw Gunner's eyes kind of roll into the back of his head, and it looked like he went unconscious for a second. But I think the follow-up strike, like one strike or two strikes after that, may have woke him up, or did wake him up, and a couple of seconds after that, the round ended, so Gunner barely survived the second round. Going into the third round, he recovered very well. He, uh, he was throwing some good strikes. The stand-up was pretty even. I would say uh, Leon definitely didn't dominate the stand-up as much as he did in the second round. He still was probably outstriking Gunner, Gunner by a little bit, throwing more strikes. He had a higher output. But with one minute remaining, almost exactly one minute remaining in the fight, Gunner finally got another takedown. And the difference with this one is it was in the middle of the cage. So Leon Edwards couldn't use the cage to wall walk and help him get up. Um, pretty soon after Gunner took him down, he used that same entry, that same body lock, uh, but he got him down this time. And I think, like I said, the reason being was because it was in the center of the cage instead of against the cage. Once he got him down, he very quickly moved to mount. And from that point, he only had like 40 seconds to work. He obviously needed a finish in my opinion. I think he knew that, but uh, got to give credit to Leon Edwards. He hung on for dear life. He did his best, and he did a really good job of not letting Gunner posture up at all. Gunner had a hard time throwing any strikes. He kept moving up in his mount. He kept moving his legs up. Uh, I think he was searching for a submission. He wasn't really trying to land any strikes. He threw a couple, but they weren't hard strikes by any means. He was trying his best to search for a submission, but uh, like I said, Leon Edwards did a really good job of holding him down so he couldn't posture up, and he was pretty much holding on for dear life. But there was only like 40 or 30 seconds left. He held on until the end of the round, and he survived. So overall, it was an impressive performance by Leon Edwards. I didn't, going into that fight, I didn't, uh, didn't think he had too good of takedown defense. So like I said, I thought Gunner would have a pretty easy job getting it to the ground, and once it got to the ground, I thought it'd be over. But uh, Leon Edwards definitely impressed me. He's definitely someone to keep an eye on, and I will definitely be looking forward to both of their next fights. Moving on to the final fight I'm going to talk about, number six, which is the main event between Darren Till and Jorge Masvidal. Now, going into this fight, my prediction was I thought it'd be a war. I thought it'd be a very interesting fight. I thought it would kind of be like the Darren Till's fight with uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. That's how I saw it going down. I definitely thought if it ended via knockout, it would be Darren Till knocking out Jorge Masvidal. I did not see that outcome at all. That's one of the more surprising finishes I've seen this year for sure. Uh, I think Darren Till is just too predictable. He keeps throwing the whole fight. He kept reaching out with his left jab, and then he would throw that overhand right, and he just kept doing that over and over. Sometimes he would throw like three jabs in a row, 
but usually it was just one jab and then the overhand right. And he wasn't doing a very good job of after he threw that overhand right. Jorge Masvidal was doing a very good job of countering him, and he kept countering him over and over. He knew what was coming, because like I said, Darren Till kept throwing that same combo, and he did a very good job of countering until eventually, at some point in the first round, he caught him with a massive right hook, I believe, that knocked Darren Till out before he even hit the canvas. He actually landed another strike. I think it was a left hook. Maybe the maybe the strike that knocked him out was like a straight right or an overhand right, and then he hit him with a left hook going down. I don't remember exactly, but uh, like I said, he was completely unconscious before he even hit the ground. Once he hit the ground, his head bounced off the canvas, and he was out for a while. He was unconscious for like, it had to be at least a minute. It's one of the more brutal and devastating finishes I've seen recently in MMA. And boy, I did not expect that. Jorge Masvidal is a good fighter. He's a game fighter. He's never been, I think he has like 15 or 16 fights in the UFC. He's never been finished. So I didn't necessarily think that Darren Till would be the one to finish him, even though he's known as a hard hitter. But I thought Darren Till would land harder strikes. And like I said, I thought it'd be a close fight like the Steven Thompson fight. But I thought Darren Till would uh, come away with a unanimous decision via pretty much doing more damage. Um, what an impressive performance by Jorge Masvidal, though. Uh, he landed great combos the whole fight. Like I said, he was countering them all night long. He seemed like he had a huge speed advantage. I thought he'd be the much smaller man. He definitely was smaller, and it was tough to know how he'd look because he hadn't fought in like 16 or 18 months. It had been a while, so I didn't know exactly how uh, if there'd be any ring rust or, like I said, how he'd look coming into this fight. But uh, it was one of the more it was one of the uh, most impressive performances of the year so far, without a doubt. I feel bad for Darren Till. Um, man, I don't really know what's next for him. He was undefeated. He had a ton of hype behind him. The UFC marketing machine was getting behind him before that Tyron Woodley fight. He was actually the favorite in that fight. And then you guys probably saw what happened in that fight. He got knocked down by Woodley with an overhand right. But that one didn't knock him out. He ended up losing because Tyron, you know, got him on the ground and TKO'd him. He ended up losing that fight because Tyron Woodley hit him with that huge overhand right, which knocked him down, and then he followed him to the ground, ended up winning via submission, I think, by a Bravo choke. So everyone, when they're fighting Tyron Woodley, has a chance of getting caught. Tyron Woodley is known as a very powerful puncher, so I think a lot of people wrote off that fight as uh, maybe Darren Till was a little too anxious, a little too overaggressive, he had, like I said, a ton of hype behind him. I think he believed in that hype. He believed in himself. And I think he thought he was going to pretty much steamroll Tyron. Uh, but he didn't get knocked out in that fight. And Tyron, in my opinion, is definitely a much harder hitter than Jorge Masvidal. Jorge Masvidal, going into the Till fight, did not have too many knockouts, especially not recently. He's more of a volume puncher, kind of like a Nick Diaz or Nate Diaz. Um... But man, when he when that shot lands on the right spot, it can put anyone out. So uh, I don't have enough th good things to say about their performance. It was just, it was incredible. Very surprising finish. Very surprising fight. Unfortunately, though, 
it was kind of overshadowed by the altercation that happened behind the scenes after the fight between uh, Jorge Masvidal and Leon Edwards. If you guys didn't see that video or you didn't hear about that altercation, go to uh, ESPN's YouTube channel and check it out because they're the one that had a, a video of it. Basically what happened is Jorge Masvidal was doing his post-fight interview and I guess Leon Edwards was walking by in the distance and he shouted something out to Jorge like uh, like he was going to beat him up soon, something like that. Uh, Jorge took offense to that. He said, say it to my face. And then he walked over to Leon with his hand behind, with his both of his hands behind his back. So uh, Leon wouldn't think he was a threat or think he was you know, going to hit him or anything. What Jorge said is that once he got close to him, Leon put his hands up like he was about to throw a strike. So before he could do that, Jorge landed one of the quickest three-punch combos I've ever seen in my life. And uh, it actually opened up a pretty big cut on Leon Edwards. After that, security separated it. There was a lot of yelling and screaming. Leon's team was not too happy, but uh, they separated him pretty fast after that. Whether or not it was a sucker punch, I don't know. It's tough to see from the video if Leon really put his hands up before Jorge threw the strikes or right as he noticed Jorge was uh, starting to throw that first strike. So, like I said, unfortunately that kind of overshadowed his victory a little bit, but it definitely doesn't downplay the uh, impressiveness of his performance. And I definitely look forward to Jorge Masvidal's next fight. I hope Darren Till recovers. I think he should take some time off. Uh, Definitely a lot of time off after a knockout like that. And uh, just work on his game a little bit. Fight someone that's quite a bit lower ranked so he can get his confidence back. Because after two straight losses, two straight finishes, and the last one being a very brutal knockout, I gotta imagine his confidence is not very high right now. So I'd recommend taking it quite a long time off working on his game working on his defense uh mixing up his strikes a little better and hopefully he can come back and hopefully he can rise to the top and once again one day challenge for the title because he's a very interesting guy he's uh, fun to listen to on the mic he has his interviews are fun to listen to he's just uh he has an entertaining personality as a whole so i hope he recovers and i hope he comes back strong All right, guys, with that said, that is a wrap for this episode of All Day MMA Radio. I hope you enjoyed it. If you watched UFC London and you saw any fight that I didn't talk about in this podcast and you think I should have talked about it, let me know below. Or if you have any comments or questions about any of the fights I talked about, maybe you saw it a different way, please let me know below as well. Other than that, uh, that's pretty much all I'm going to cover in this episode. Thanks for watching or thanks for listening, however you're consuming this content. I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast so far. Either way, enjoy the rest of your day, enjoy the rest of your weekend, and I will catch you in the next episode.